So this is for Colin DeGarmo. I don't know where Colin's at in the back there. Yeah, so yesterday we were playing a, a board game at the house and having a good time. And I was complaining about needing to go study and look at some things. Like, yeah, you better get back there and do some studying. I need a good sermon tomorrow. <laughs> so Colin, this is for you. Hopefully it meets your expectations. First <clears throat> um, Samuel chapter 7. This morning when Brother Petraco got up and said, 1 Samuel chapter 17, my heart sank <laughs> until I realized he said 17 and not 7. I thought, this guy hacked my Wi-Fi router, you know? <laughs> How'd he get to my computer? I, you know, I don't just have a six-digit password, one, two, three, four, five, six. I added 7 and 8, so it's extra secure, you know? Um, no, but, you know, it's that moment where it's like, what in the world? He's going to steal my text. I don't know what I'm going to do, but... Uh, listen, the Lord is, is really, I feel like he's dovetailed uh, the Sunday morning and tonight. And so um, I believe it's from the Lord. Amen. And uh, when you follow the, the Spirit's guidance, you can't go wrong. And so tonight, I believe this is what the Lord has for us, even if Colin doesn't approve at the end. Um, but First uh, Samuel chapter 7. And so tonight, I, I have two titles on this, this note uh, page here. A prepared heart. And I couldn't decide if I wanted that or how to have the Lord's help. Uh, as we look at this new year, and uh, are you prepared for 21? Uh, I mean, you really can't be prepared for the unknown, can you? Um, I mean, if you're resting on the Lord in, in faith, leaning on Him, sure you're prepared in that sense. But you really don't know what's ahead, so how do you prepare? Um, in the military, they talk about preparedness, readiness, and all those things, and and uh, they put out the national defense strategy and all those things. And here's our potential adversaries. And, and here's some, they're using the term near peer uh, type things with some of the nations that we're expecting that we could possibly have a conflict with. And so they're preparing, but they really don't know at the end of the day. And so um, <clears throat> tonight, I hope to give you some things to help you through 21. And it's not just for 21, it's for life, really. But there's a few principles here that I think we can draw out of this. Uh, that would be a help uh, for us to make it through the challenges of life. And uh, <clears throat> we can have a blessed year. We can have a successful year. Uh, 2020 was a blessed and successful year. Uh, this afternoon, I listened to my brother-in-law. He's a preacher up in Canada. And uh, it's the first Sunday in the new year. And he was just uh, laying out some blessings of the things that God had done in their ministry. And he said, it's in a different format. And it's it's, it's a little different. He was preaching to his church from the front porch of their church building and there were cars in the parking lot. And so, but he was praising the Lord for the success of being able to preach. And things were different, but uh, sometimes we need to keep the right perspective. Uh, but um, <clears throat> how to have the Lord's help. Does that mean it will be without challenge or tribulation? No. There will be challenges this coming year. Uh, but if we look to this example tonight and, and take heed to these things, I believe that we can have God's favor and protection on our endeavors throughout the year. And I hope that's your prayer for our church. I hope that's your prayer for you as an individual and for your family, but our church as well. And so we're going to kind of interrupt the text here in, in 1 Samuel 7. Uh, but just for a little bit of context, you can go all the way back to chapter 2 if you want. And you can see that the things of God are in disarray, to say the least. We have in this uh, where 
uh, in chapter 2 and verse 23, Eli is talking to his sons and he says, you make the Lord's people to transgress. And of course, we know that they were uh, men of Belial, I believe is the term that the word of God tells us. And they, and they were doing wicked things. And then in chapter 3, uh, the Lord told them uh, and gave them a rebuke because he restrained them not. And so things are not sunshine and butterflies, a bed of roses, spiritually speaking here. And then in chapter 4, um, <clears throat> we see in verse 4, it says, So the people sent to Shiloh that they might bring from thence the ark of the covenant of the Lord of hosts. And so I have that verse circled, and then I put religion. Uh, so if you're not familiar with that passage, the Philistines were coming to fight against them. And so what do they do? They go to get the ark. Um, and and it'll, that'll make a little bit more sense when we look at our message tonight, because we're going to talk about the heart. Um, and not just religion, doing those things that uh, on the outward appear to be what we ought to be doing or religious activity, if you will. And, and of course, we know that the ark was taken. The Philistines come and they overcome, overtake the people of Israel. They take that ark and, and uh, Hophni and Phinehas are killed. They're slayed there. Eli ends up dead. Uh, the man of God ends up dead when he hears the news. Um, he falls back in his chair and it breaks his neck. Uh, he was an old man. And, and then uh, Phineas, her, his wife, is with child. She goes into labor and she dies in childbirth. And in uh, chapter 4 and verse 21, and she named the child, and this is the, I guess you would say the midwife, named the child Ichabod, saying the glory is departed from Israel because the ark of God was taken. Verse 22, and she said the glory is departed from Israel for the ark of God is taken. And so we know things are a mess spiritually speaking, in Israel here. And so then the ark of God is taken, and for seven months the Philistines have it, and it kind of goes from city to city. Uh, ends up in Ekron, and, and uh, so it was in uh, Gath, and, and finally ends up in Ekron, and, and they, uh, the Lord had smote them in, in verse uh, 7. It says, When the men of Ashdod saw that it was so, they said, The ark of God of Israel should not abide with us, for his hand is sore upon us and upon Dagon our God. And God was really working. He was heavy upon them, it says. And, and uh, verse 9, after they had moved it to another city, and it says the emeralds in their secret parts. And I'll just leave it at this. When God wants to get a hold of you, and he gets a hold of those secret parts, it's not good. And we'll leave it right there, right? Nobody wants anybody messing with their secret parts. And and so, uh, when, but God had done a work. And so, and I'm kind of getting to a point here. And so these men in, in chapter 6 and verse 6 say, Wherefore then do ye harden your hearts as the Egyptians and Pharaoh hardened their hearts? When he had wrought wonderfully among them, did they not let the people go and they departed? And so here, and it goes on, they, they decide we got to get rid of this thing. God is being hard on us because we've taken the ark. And so they, they put it on a couple, uh, or they put it on a cart and, and, and strap a couple cows to it and they send it away and, and uh, it goes, they send it up through Beth and, and uh, <clears throat> there's some rejoicing there when the ark of God is, is, comes into uh, to that town. And, and so then from there, there's men sent from Kirjath-Jerim uh, to fetch the ark and bring it to the house of Abinadab there. And so that's kind of where we come to the story. And I want to highlight here, it's not really part of the message, but the people of God did not seek the ark of God. They did not go out desiring the presence of God in their life. It was taken... And the enemy was like, we can't handle this. God is, is giving us a hard time. It, he's messing with us in our secret parts. We're done. 
And so they accidentally, if you will, receive the ark of God again. And so in chapter 7, that's where we pick up in verse 1, And the men of Kerjath-Jerim came and fetched up the ark of the Lord and brought it into the house of Abinadab in the hill and sanctified Eleazar his son to keep the ark of the Lord. And so we see them beginning to do a few things right here. Uh, it, it wasn't because they were searching for God or desiring God necessarily, but God was kind of put at their doorstep. And so let's pick it up in verse 3 and we'll read down through verse 12. Have a quick word of prayer and we'll look at a few things this evening. And Samuel spake unto all the house of Israel, saying, If you do return unto the Lord with all your hearts, then put away the strange uh, gods and Ashtaroth from among you and prepare your hearts unto the Lord and serve him only. And he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. Then the children of Israel did put away Balaam and Ashtaroth and serve the Lord only. And Samuel said, Gather all uh, Israel to Mizpah, and uh, I will pray for you unto the Lord. And they gathered together to Mizpah and drew water and poured it out before the Lord, <clears throat> excuse me, and fasted on that day and said, There we have sinned against the Lord. And Samuel judged the children of Israel in Mizpah. And when the Philistines heard that the children of Israel were gathered together to Mizpah, the lords of the Philistines went up against Israel. And when the children of Israel heard it, they were afraid of the Philistines. And the children of Israel said to Samuel, Cease not to cry unto the Lord our God for us, that he will save us out of the hand of the Philistines. And Samuel took a sucking lamb and offered it for a burnt offering holy unto the Lord. And Samuel cried unto the Lord for Israel, and the Lord heard him. And as Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to battle against Israel, but the Lord thundered with a great thunder on that day upon the Philistines and discomfited them, and they were smitten before Israel. And the men of Israel went out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines and smote them until they came under <clears throat> Bethkar. And we'll finish here in verse 12. And it says this, Then Samuel took a stone and set it between Mizpah and Shin and called the name of it Ebenezer, saying, Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. Father, we do thank you for this evening. I thank you, Lord, for the word of God. And I pray, Lord, that you would give liberty. I ask, Father, that your word would go forth with power and that you would do a work in each and every heart tonight. I pray that the people of God would be attentive to the word. And I ask, Lord, that you would draw us near to you. And Lord, we pray that you'd help us this year. And Lord, that you'd defeat our enemies and help us to be a better witness for thee. We'll ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So tonight, the first thing I want to make mention is spiritual preparation. And so we know that uh, the people were not seeking the ark. Uh, spiritually, it was a mess. But in verse 3, Samuel says, And Samuel spake unto all the house of Israel, saying, If ye do return unto the Lord with all your hearts. Spiritual preparation is the heart made right. Getting your heart right with God. Uh, that's spiritual preparation. If you don't prepare your heart, you will do evil. You will do evil. If you don't believe me, let's look at the word of what the Word of God says about Rehoboam. In 2 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 14, the Word of God tells us this, And he did evil because he prepared not his heart to seek the Lord. So just an apathetic attitude and, and just uh, expecting things to naturally happen... Uh, is not the right approach. We must take attention to 
and prepare ourselves for the Lord. It's not something that just passively will take place. And, and, and thank God for his working that brought the ark back. And, and, and thank God for the man of God that got up and told them to get their hearts right. But listen, they had to step out and make things, some things right. They confessed their sin in this, in this passage we see here uh, later on. And, and so they, they get some things right. We must have an undivided heart. An undivided heart. And, and in today's age, that's not very common because we want a little bit of everything. Um, it, it's creeping in. I, it's been creeping into religion for, for, for centuries in, in all of humanity probably. But the reality is no more than ever before have we seen it where you just got to accept everything. I saw a Facebook post about uh, the homosexuals and, and it, was just, it was kind of a nice way to say I'm not judging you or anything, but... I don't disagree with you, but you need to accept my Christianity. And, and, and the gist of it, it sounds good that, hey, I love you even though you're, I don't agree with you. But it's almost the, let's just agree to disagree and everything's okay. But it's not because God has, there will be judgment on sin. And so it's not just letting them do whatever they want and they, as long as they don't interfere with me. Now, I'm not saying we're offensive and rude about things, uh, but we do need to proclaim the truth. And, and we need to be careful that we just don't, we don't have this accepting of everything. We need a singularly focused heart toward God. To God and the things of God alone. Uh, Listen, I want to remind you tonight, you cannot serve God and mammon. Uh, We can't serve God in the material things of this world and and serve God and and be dabbling in the things of the world and and try to get focused on our careers and those things. It doesn't work. And no man can serve two masters for you to hate the one and love the other. There's no middle ground there. We like to act like there's some middle ground and we can, we can walk the fence and get away with saying that we love God but enjoying the things of the world. It does, the reality is you're going to hate one and love the other. And if God's not the singular focus, you're wrong. It says, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. And it, of course, we know we cannot serve God and mammon, it says there and. In Matthew 6, 24, we, not, we can't serve God with a divided heart. Uh, he tells them here that you need to prepare your hearts unto the Lord. Dedicate your heart. Deal with some things uh, and, and have that singular focus with God. And, and listen, tonight, we must deal with our heart first. Uh, my next point here is preparation or physical preparation, kind of the outward, uh, that's important, and we'll talk about that tonight, but we got to deal with the heart first. It all starts at the heart. And uh, do not get it reversed. Many attempt to deal with the outward appearance, but neglect the heart. Oftentimes this looks good, but it's not effective. You might deceive others and maybe even yourself, but it's just a show. Listen, God is not obligated to show up when you do something like that. Uh, however, if we get our heart right, God has obligated himself to get behind us. And we see that in verse 12 where he came and helped them after they got their heart right. And, and so listen tonight, if your heart is not right toward God, you need to deal with that. We sang Psalm 51. I can't sing that song without praying it. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Renew a right spirit in me. And if you have sin in your life tonight and you have things that are unconfessed, you need to deal with that. 
you're going to have a miserable year if you don't. You might have some ups, uh, but you're definitely going to have some downs. And when those downs come and those valleys come, you're probably going to quit. You might get discouraged because you're not going to have the support that you need in your Savior, in, in the God. He's not going to be there like you need him to be. He might be working behind the scenes like he did in the Philistines, bringing that ark back and, and maybe in some chastisement and things. But you can avoid a lot of that frustration and a lot of that turmoil in your life if you just get your heart right. And, and because when we get our heart right, uh, listen, the outward it comes. 1 Chronicles 28.9 says this. This is David speaking to Solomon. It says, Thou Solomon, my son, know thou the God of thy father and serve him with a perfect heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searcheth all hearts and understandeth all imaginations of the thoughts. If thou seek him, he will be found of thee. But if thou forsake him, he will cast thee off forever. Listen, if you want God on your side, you need to get your heart right. If you want God on your side, you need to Deal with some things that God's been pricking on your heart to deal with. Uh, maybe you have some secret sins in your life. And those are hindering your ability to serve the Lord. Uh, listen, they're giving you a rotten attitude. Um, we try to play it off, but I'm telling you what, those things are hindering your walk with God and you can't serve God. Listen, the reality is you love those things more than God. We don't like to say that and admit that, but that's the honest truth. Those things have become more important to you than God. And, and, and tonight, only you and the Lord know oftentimes. If we seek God with our heart, he will be found. He obligates himself to show up on our behalf when we do that. It says, he will be found of thee. David tells Solomon there. God wants to be found, but it has to happen on his terms. And we just need to come to him. No doubt David could teach this to his son because he had learned it as a young shepherd boy. 1 Samuel 16, 7, you're probably familiar with this verse. The word of God tells us, But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. I'm telling you tonight, the Lord is interested in your heart. He doesn't care how good you look physically. He doesn't care how strapping you are. If you do all those push-ups, I pray you get buff, brother. But, but listen, God doesn't care about that kind of stuff. God might bless in those areas. Let's be honest. There's, David was a man's man. This morning I was reminded of, you just think of David in, in a shepherd boy I mean, he killed a lion. He killed a bear. If a lion came and snatched up one of my animals, he's probably going to take that thing. That's a man's man to take on a lion, to grab that thing by the beard. Uh, listen, and, and so it's not that he didn't have some physical abilities, but that's not what God was concerned with. God can strengthen you for those types of things and give you those ty that type of a courage if he has your heart. Uh, no doubt David understood this teaching. God is most interested in your heart. If he has your heart, he knows that he has your all. Because if you've given him that part of you, 
He knows that this physical preparation that we're going to talk about here in a moment, the outward, he will begin to control. And he will be able to make the change necessary to make you more like his son, Jesus Christ. So that leads us to number two, the physical preparation. When the heart has been prepared, it will reflect in our outward change. That's undeniable. Uh, Things on the outward will change. The people uh, removed their idols and the false gods. Look at verse four. It says, Then the children of Israel did put away Balaam and Ashtaroth and serve the Lord only. Uh, So in verse three, it says, Prepare your hearts unto the Lord. Excuse me, back up earlier in verse three there. It says, If ye do return unto the Lord with all your hearts, look what that verse says next. Then put away the strange gods and Ashtaroth from among you. Let's deal with the heart first, and then we'll move into the physical outward worship that is wrong, the idolatry, uh, the, the paganism that was taking place in the land. And, and so God knows that, that once he has our heart, he can deal with those outward things. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> they remove the idols, they remove those false gods, and, and a, a right heart will manifest itself in the outward actions of one who is right with God. It will be manifested outwardly to everyone when, they, when you see somebody that's right with God. And I don't know if you've ever been around somebody. Uh, there's a, a few Christians I've been around for uh, a number of years at different times. And just it seems like whenever you get around them, you feel like a spiritual pygmy. And uh, listen, that, um, that's just the reality. Uh, some people are more spiritual than us. But that doesn't mean we can't get to where they're at. Um, and, and sometimes we just do see the outward, and so it's not necessarily the best uh, judgment of those things. But um, listen, I want to go further in my walk with God than ever before this year. But God needs our heart. And then, once he has our heart, we need to allow him to change the outward. Uh, and I won't pick on every little thing, but we can talk about dress. We can talk about whatever the case may be. And we're not going to talk about that because I want the Holy Spirit to speak to you on it. But I want to remind you of 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 14 through 18. It says, Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part Hath he that believeth with an infidel? And a, what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and I will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Listen, separation is still in the word of God. Now that doesn't mean that, that we can't have friends in the world and that we ought to have friends. We ought to have coworkers uh, that, we're, that we're witnessing to, but we don't buddy up with them and we ought to be different than them. We ought to dress different. I mean, if you look at some of the crazy things people are wearing today, you seen all these dudes running around, you know? No, I'm just kidding. But... Uh, I bought my wife some dudes for Christmas, but I call them dudettes, but, but listen, the bottom line is we ought to be a little different than the world. 
a peculiar people, the Word of God says. Uh, If we're acting like and looking like the world, we're no different. We've been told to come out from them and be separate. And God says that he will be with us. Uh, When we get right with God, there will be an outward change, a separation from the things that are opposing God. Oftentimes those things that we're dealing with, they're opposing God. In this case, in Samuel here, we see that they were worshiping false gods. And they had to get rid of those things. And listen, we need to be careful of idols in our own life. Our careers, our cars, maybe our clothes, our dudes. You know what I mean? Sometimes we can make those things the thing that we're pursuing and looking for rather than God. Uh, And so, but that doesn't mean if we just get rid of them uh, that we're right with God either uh, because God wants our heart. Uh, But listen, there will be a change. Listen, when we're right with God, we will be willing to lay aside those weights. We don't like to talk about the weights because they're not sin. Oh, nobody, nobody will. I'm not sinning in this. But listen, are there things in your life today that are weighting you down from running at full speed for the Lord? The word of God challenges us to lay those things down. Uh, to, to put those things aside. Uh, and listen, we will gladly do it if we're right with God because we're doing it for Him. We're not doing it to impress the other church members so we can fit into the movement. We're doing it because we're trying to honor God with our life. God's broken our heart about something and He's dealt with about something and, and He has a heart. And so, you know what, Lord, if you want that, I'll give it to you whatever that may be for you. And we do it gladly, not begrudgingly. And again, I'll just remind you tonight, we we ought not to judge one another. But I'll tell you this, you can get a glimpse of someone's heart by how they act and conduct themselves. But it's not for us to judge. We're all at different stages of growth in our Christian life. And so listen, it's about having your heart right with God and doing what God lays on your heart, and he'll deal with That's how those outward things get dealt with. Not conforming to some handbook. My, my, uh, a church that I grew up in, they have a handbook for what men and women can wear. and, and it, I mean, it's very detailed, too. And, and that's not the intent of what God wants. God doesn't want conformity to some rules and regulations. He wants your heart. That's right. So it's not about just doing these things outwardly to put on a show. It's about doing them because God's got your heart and you want to please Him. And so here's the people of God here. Uh, the ark is back and, and, and they've dealt with some things. We see that, that they did get right. They confessed some sin here. And, and, uh, but guess what happens? Uh, they're drawing near to God. Things are looking good. They forsook those false gods and, and they've given up their idol worship, but the Philistines still came against them. That's reality. I'll never forget Bill Marshall. Um, he's one of my favorite preachers. I, he preached my high school graduation. We, got a, we get to choose, uh, at the Christian school I was at, we get to choose the preacher for our graduation. And I, I chose Bill Marshall because I was the leader of the pack. No, um, but uh, uh, no, pastor's the leader of the pack. I can't remember what that was. 
anyway, let's not get off track here. But, but Bill Marshall, I'll never forget a message that he preached. And it was, then came Amalek. When things are going good, in our case tonight, then came the Philistines. Listen, this year, we have no idea what we're going to face. What challenges? Uh, listen, the DeGarmos had no idea in September of 2017 we would be moving to Rapid City. When Carter was diagnosed, that disrupted our lives. It was something that challenged our lives. But God has worked amazing things through those circumstances. And so listen, this year we have no idea what challenges will come. Trials will come. Tribulations will come. The enemy will still fight against us this year. I'm afraid we might need a little experiential understanding of Psalms 23. We could probably, many of us, quote Psalms 23 in this room. But I don't think we've ever lived what we see there in verse 4. It says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Have you ever been in a place where you just didn't know that you were going to make it through? And were you able just to lean on the Lord? Listen, if your heart is right with God and you've dealt with those things, you can have confidence that God will be there for you. Uh, if you don't, good luck. It's going to be a rough one. Uh, some may have the idea that this Christian life will be a bed of roses. But the Word of God promises something a bit contrary to this idea. We love to claim the promises of God, but I'm afraid we get a little choosy when we pick those promises out. We like to pick the ones that, that are, are blessings and exciting and, and things to look forward to. But I want to remind you of a promise from 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 12. It says, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. There will be trials. There will be tribulation. There will be challenges in this life. And, and listen, those challenges don't dis disappear when you get right with God. The people got right here and then the Philistines come. Say, hey, we're here to take care of you. We don't like the fact that you're getting right with God. That's really what it was. When they understood that the ark was, it's crazy. Hey, we sent the ark. Now they have the ark. Well, now we're mad that they have the ark because their God's going to be with them. It, you know, what was their thinking? But they knew they couldn't keep it because their secret parts were being messed up. So, um, you know, they were kind of in a straight betwixt too, you know. And so here we are, and uh, uh, the troubles will come. The Philistines didn't like the fact that they were now again seeking their God because they knew that the power that their God had. And, and, and so despite even that, they, they choose to go up against them. Uh, so the challenges of life don't go away when you get right. However, leaning on God and faith can sure make it more bearable. Boy, it can sure make it more bearable. You ever experienced that peace that passes all understanding? Uh, you know, in those times of life where it just doesn't seem to make sense, but you just are comforted. 
Just resting in the fact that you know the Lord and, and he has things in control. Listen, uh, 2020 was an uproar. And I'm afraid the people of God got in an uproar too, rather than saying, hey, God's in control of this thing. We don't need to freak out. We don't need to lose our mind. We should have been driven to a closer walk with our God instead of just freaking out. I, 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 and I, I find it hard. It is a hard balance. You know, you see all these things in the news and the way social media works with, I don't have Twitter, Twitter, Twitter. Um, but I do, I do have Facebook, you know, and you see these comments, you know, there's a news article that posts and everybody's comments and you just want to say something. But one, no arguments ever resolved on Facebook. It, it just doesn't happen. But it, usually you just end up making yourself look like a fool. But um, I, it's hard to resist. Sorry, I got Cindy looked at Mrs. Russ for a particular reason. So we'll keep that private within the hood, our neighborhood. So, so, but uh, there was a discussion in our Facebook neighborhood thing this week, and it was pretty interesting. But anyway, uh, I don't know, it's totally sidelined, but, but listen, we got to be careful not to get caught up in those things. Uh, trouble's coming. We don't have to create it for ourselves. You know, and so, but listen, I, I want to encourage you tonight. Uh, so the challenges will come. Persecutions will come for those that walk with God. Uh, it's promised to us according to the word of God. Christ suffered, we're going to suffer like him. But I want to encourage you tonight from verses 10 through 12. Uh, when you're properly prepared, when you are right with God, he is obligated to show up on your behalf. Look at verses 10 through 12. And as Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, this is, I mean, they're, they're in the process of this thing. Right? I mean, uh, you can't, it can't be more obvious that the devil and, and the world is opposing the things of God. But so Samuel uh, was offering up the burnt offering. The Philistines drew near to battle against Israel. But the Lord. Boy, that's an encouraging term there that we see. But the Lord. It says the Lord with a great thunder on that day. Or the Lord thundered with a great thunder on that day upon the Philistines and discomfited them, and they were smitten before Israel. And God even gave them a little victory march here. And the men of Israel went out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines and smote them until they came under the Beth Car. And so he, he allowed them to get a couple of them too. And what a blessing. Maybe that's just the man in me. You know, you want to go out and take care of business. But look at verse 12 as we draw this to a close here tonight. Then Samuel took a stone and set it between Mizpah and Shin. And called the name of it Ebenezer, saying, Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. And that's the key tonight. And getting our hearts right with God so that we can have God show up on our behalf. My notes tonight say the Lord's intervention. This is when God steps in. But the Lord. And so uh, when we have a heart properly prepared, when we have that heart that's right with God, he is obligated to show up. Look at Psalms 34, 17 through 19. The righteous cry and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. You get that? Many. Not just one or two here or there, many. But the Lord delivereth him out of them all. And so we can have the Lord show up and help us in 21. 
in this coming year. We don't have to do it on our own. But there is a requirement that we get our hearts right with God. Don't claim the promises of God and, and don't ask God to show up on your behalf if you're not going to deal with the heart things that he's, got on, that he's laid there and said, I want you to deal with this. And you put it off and you delay. Just like those resolutions. How many have kept them all already so far? Three days in, right? Nobody raised their hand. Okay, nobody. Well, one maybe, right? But listen, those things, statistically, they don't, they don't hold up, right? But that one guy that made a resolution to break his resolution so he could be successful in a resolution... He's the winner, right? No, he's still a loser. But, but listen, the Lord can be on our side and he can help us if we're right with him. When the Lord shows up, you cannot lose. I mean, he gave him the victory. Let him chase him down and take a few more out. Uh, we can't accomplish those things on our own. We can try and we're good at trying. Bless our hearts. We do all these things and we make all these steps and we start these programs and we do all this stuff. But the fact of the matter is we need to get our hearts right with God and allow God to do the work. Amen. And just trust him. When the Lord shows up, you cannot lose. Uh, listen, this year we must continue to minister and share the good news. Paul's testimony before Agrippa is powerful and and the Jews had taken him, we know, and they've tried to kill him. And this is Paul's testimony in Acts chapter 26 and verse 22. Having therefore obtained help of God, I continue unto this day, witnessing both the small and great, saying none other things than those things which the prophets and Moses did uh, say should come. Having therefore obtained help of God. He had God on his side, and he was able to preach to small and great. Uh, we need God on our side. Listen, Paul, the Apostle Paul talked about a, a disrupted ministry. Delays, trials, bonds, uh, the hazardous life that he lived. I mean, being shipwrecked and, and, and whipped and beaten. And, and listen, the Lord... Uh, <clears throat> with the Lord's help, Paul just continued to preach the gospel. But he could continue to preach the gospel, not in his own strength, and not because he had some, some great training. And he did have some great training, uh, even before his conversion. And I believe God used that in his ministry. But, but listen, the apostle Paul was able to continue having therefore obtained help of God. He wasn't endeavoring to do this in his own power. He understood that he needed God, and the way to, to get God's help is to be right with God. Listen tonight, church family. Whatever we face in this coming year, if we have prepared our hearts and sought God, we cannot be defeated. We cannot be defeated. The Lord will help us. We must continue to preach the gospel and share the gospel to our community and not quit and keep our hearts right with God. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for the word of God. And Lord, I know this, this message was a challenge to my heart. And I pray, Lord, that it was for the people of God. And I pray, Lord, that you would bless our church. I pray that our church would be thoroughly right with you. I pray, Lord, that each individual tonight would deal with things that need to be dealt with. And Father, that you be glorified in the decisions of the people of God tonight. And Father, we do pray that you would do work in each and every heart. And now we ask for your blessing in Jesus' name.